Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Taking the Fields, a 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, John Fields, and joining me today, as always, is Matthew Bernie. Matthew, how are you doing today, man? Um, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I think I, I told you this right before the podcast, but now North Texas and LSU are both four and six. And so I am just in this state of just hoping these two teams make bowl games at this point. That's what my <laughs> entertainment has come down to covering these two schools. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about how uh, your, your luck has sort of run out, man. You're bringing the bad, the bad luck to both schools now, apparently. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Only, only one coach has been fired though. So that's you, true. Get, keeping the show going over here. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, North Texas has now won three games in a row beating Rice, Southern Miss, and UTEP, most recently UTEP with the homecoming game yesterday. And uh, yeah, so just a brief recap, it was 20 to 17 game. North Texas was leading for a lot of the time until UTEP tied it up with a late field goal. And then crazy play, Austin Ani hits to Travion Brown for a 50-plus yard pass with 10 seconds to go in the game. And North Texas kicks the game-winning field goal. Mooney puts it home, and they somehow find a way to win three in a row. It's been... I mean, ugly every single game, but they found a way to get it done. So I can't really fault them too much, man. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it's at this point in the year, and this is like how I've been just looking at things the past few games. It's like, we know what this team is. We know what they have. We know what they don't have. We know what they're good at. We know what they're bad at. And at this point, it's just making lemonade out with lemons. Like that, that's really it. And so <laughs> they, they, they had this game in front of them, UTEP and uh, obviously the homecoming game, a, a big game, a lot of people, you know, having fun throughout the week and, and throughout the weekend. So I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm happy they got the win. I saw the locker room picture after the game looked like the guys were having a great time. And that's really what, you know, you'd love to see. And we, we get on here and I'm especially negative. And so uh, it's always good to see the players and coaches have, have a good time. Um, Cause that's what college sports is about. No, absolutely. And uh, I think that really segues nicely into the next uh, conversation we need to have, which is, as you mentioned earlier, North Texas has a chance to go to a bowl game, man. And if you <laughs> if you told me that three weeks ago when they had lost six games in a row before the Rice game, I would have told you you were crazy because I didn't think they were beating UTEP. I wasn't even sure if they were going to beat Rice. But sure enough, here we are three weeks later, three wins in a row. And North Texas, if they win their next two, which FIU next week, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but they've been awful this year. So that should, I mean, you can just put a check in the win column, hopefully for that one. Although it sort of sets up as a classic trap game, if I'm being honest. It, 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 I'm not even, I don't want to look ahead too much. Like you said, if they lose to FIU, I'm, I'm jumping off a building. Like this, <laughs> did, you can't, you can't do this to me, North Texas. You can't beat these bad teams, beat UTEP, who is a good bad team. And then lose to an awful bad team. Like I'm going to look up, I'm going to look up CBS, uh, like one, I think they ranked the 130 teams in the FBS and see where FIU ranks, because I guarantee you, they are just gotta be the bottom. They just lost by 40 to middle Tennessee, 40 to middle Tennessee. So we don't need to talk about it yet. Let's get back to the UTEP game though, uh, which was a lot of fun. I think in the, well, I shouldn't say a lot of fun because in the first half it was seven to three and it looked like nobody was going to score points. Um, <laughs> defensively, uh, I guess we could start with North Texas defense because that's really what won them the game, right? That was the key. That's um, what has won them the past few games and credit Phil Bennett. Um, I, one thing I continued to say time in time out was 
that I thought they were very talented, but they were a defense that was inconsistent and a defense that was um, plagued by personal foul penalties and just penalties in general. And to their credit, they cleaned it up this time. No, I agree. And I think we, we talked about it yesterday during the game. I thought the play of the game came on that defensive side when on a UTEP had third down in a North Texas red zone or like right at the 20 yard line. And they had a third down where if they convert, you know, it's a great shot at scoring a touchdown and taking the lead, taking the lead back after having the early seven, three advantage. And then Tyreek Davis is in coverage on the left side, makes a big play, the biggest play of the game probably with that huge deflection. And UTEP has to settle for three and tie the game up. And, you know, North Texas then was able to go down, get that crazy play that we mentioned earlier to Detravion Brown and win the dang game. So to me, I agree with you. This defense, as we've talked about before, and I've mentioned it all year, they've had issues time and again with the big plays going against them. I think it's now 19, uh, 25 plus yard touchdowns they've allowed this year, which is just an absurd amount. But on the flip side, this game, they finally came through and made the big plays when they needed to, as we mentioned with that Tyreek Davis play. And, you know, they're stepping up when they need to step up. So I can't fault them too much at this point in the year because they came through. Was that, is that night? So you said it's 19, 25 plus yard touchdowns or just plays? Touchdowns. Specifically touchdowns? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that's absurd. Um, yeah. So that, that was the big thing. And Rich Tejada, uh at corner obviously was, is a young guy that they kind of just, UTEP started throwing at, especially in the second half. Mm. Um, and he's the one who obviously allowed the big play, the big play touchdown down the field and so that was kind of but to me for this defense I don't even look at that and blame I don't blame Phil Bennett that much from that uh albeit I think this defense is predicated on pressure it's predicated on making the quarterback uncomfortable and taking as much pressure off the defensive backs as possible and on the big play touchdowns that they allowed they didn't bring pressure, if my, especially not the first one. I believe the second one's the same thing. They did. They kind of dropped out into eight, a seven or eight man coverage, and just manned up. And the result was kind of the receivers just getting beat on the outside on both those plays. So when they stuck to the script, UTEP had zero answers. And the one reason why I picked UTEP was Gavin Hardison at quarterback. I thought mm. they had a better quarterback, and I I do believe they did have the better quarterback in this game. Um, but they just completely made him uncomfortable. 15 to 29 passing, one touchdown, one pick, 273 yards. Um, like I said, he completed the two big touchdown passes, but they really did a good job containing Justin Garrett and Jacob Cowing. And those two guys are, are tough to cover. Like they gave UTSA some problems. So uh, all credit to, to Phil, Phil Bennett for understanding what he has and doesn't have. And like I said, making lemonade out of with the lemons he has because it, it's it's not easy when you're starting Rich Tejada. Sean Thomas Faulkner goes down for a period. Um, you know, you, you, Upton Stout leaves the program. And so now you're rolling out there with, um, you know, a makeshift secondary. But the defensive line, and I'm going to continue to hit on this, the defensive line, in my opinion, has to be top three in Conference USA. Like, you got UTSA's D-line is really good. North Texas D-line is really good. And then you got others like, you know, whether it's UAB, Western-ish, maybe like, you know, some other teams, but North Texas is in that conversation of one of the best defense lines in Conference USA. 
Well, and that was kind of the crazy part to me is coming into this game, UTEP has like two of the top uh, guys in terms of sacks in all of Conference USA, like Praise, I don't know, Amewale, however you pronounce his last name, came in with like six and a half sacks. And then another guy had five and a half. And North Texas didn't allow any sacks on the night. To me, that's where the battle was won tonight was the trenches on both sides of the field. North Texas allows no sacks. And then the defense gets those three sacks, which – it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the most sacks UTEP has allowed all season. So that was really huge for those guys. Uh, one of them from Gabriel Murphy, one from Deion Noville, and then Cam Hill as well had the third sack. So, I mean, just in the trenches is where North Texas really dominated this game. You could tell that with some of the running game as well, although it wasn't a crazy performance as it has been in the last few weeks. They had, you know, consistency from DeAndre Torrey, from Isaiah Johnson, and even Austin Ani again, coming through on his legs, he came through for the little one-yard touchdown as well. So, yep. I mean, to me, North Texas won this game in the trenches, and that's where they're going to have to dominate going forward if they want to get to that six wins and make a bowl game. Yeah. Um, I did think the UTEP, they, they kept throwing out the UTEP set, like UTEP is the number one defense in Conference USA statistically. And I was like, all right, let's let's calm down. Are you look at the non-conference <laughs> schedule. Look at who they played early in conference. Like, they got the six wins, and I think they were six and one at one point. Like, look at who they played, guys. Let's relax. Um, but they they were, again, I said it before, they were, they're not a bad, bad team. And they're not, I think they're a good, bad team. Like, I, I don't think they're a great team. But I think they're a good, bad team. And it's a team that I didn't think North Texas was going to be able to beat uh, going into this week because UTEP, if nothing else, is kind of just solid, right? They're, yeah. they're not crazy, but they're just solid. And North Texas, in order to beat that ten, kind of team, couldn't have any uh, stupid turnovers, couldn't have any stupid penalties, and had to really stop the run. And they did that. They just consistently were able to play with them. And this is the first time. And I think this is a really, really re- revealing stat, even though it's a super specific stat. <laughs> and I, a lot of people know it at this point, if, they, if you've covered North Texas and talk about North Texas. Um, but it's the first time North Texas has beaten a team over 500 since 2017. Right. And I, I, I'm almost that's positive. ridiculous. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the stat. Someone go and correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I think that's at the time of playing them. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, that's the stat, basically. Army in 2017 was the last team that was over 500 when they beat them. And to me, it shows what it takes to be solid teams, right? You have to play together. You have to be solid on both sides of the ball, on the offensive line, like you said. Um, Your quarterback can't make dumb passes and dumb mistakes. And, you know, while he wasn't good, Austin on it, he didn't make mistakes too much. Um, and you just pull it out, man. You just tough it out. And this is the first time this year that I felt like they've, they, they, they got tough and that that's a, that's a big deal. So I, I'm, I've ripped them all year for not being competitive against teams. They should be competitive against. And I even team they maybe shouldn't be competitive against, but at this point, I'm not saying UTEP's a great team, but they they beat them. And that's more than what I thought I could, was going to be able to say. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to get at what you were talking about with the mistakes, because one of those other key plays I wanted to highlight on defense was the one interception by Hardison. So obviously coming out of halftime, UNT's down 7-3. They get that one touchdown on uh, their second drive of the second half. And then Kevin Wood on a big third down play gets an interception, that one interception off Hardison. 
and UNT goes down and scores on the next drive too. And all of a sudden you got back to back touchdowns, all the momentum going your way. You're back, you know, up in the game, you know, you're up big at that point. I think it was 17, seven at that point. So yes. to me, that was one of the big like momentum plays in the game there where obviously UTEP rallies to tie it up late, but UNT had even more opportunities. You got the turnover on downs at like the one yard line where it's like, Kevin Wood and that defense put these guys in position to really pull away even sooner and get the job done, you know, in a less uh, crazy way than they did at the end. So I just wanted to give a little more props to the defense because it was a big time performance. Yeah. And I like that, that fourth and goal call there just to go for it. Um, We, we, I think we have to talk about one more play though. And it's the play right before the half where, um, Rod, uh, Rod Burns muffs the punt and a flag is called for kick catch interference and UTEP didn't touch him. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure you, if as like a gunner or something, you can yell, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure you can be like, Hey, like maybe that's what they did. I don't know, but they didn't touch him and he just straight muffs it and UTEP recovers it. They call kick catch interference and it's UTEP, and it's North Texas ball to end the half instead of UTEP ball at what the 15 roughly with two timeouts or something like that and like yeah. 50 seconds like that's that might be a touchdown like there's probably a 50 percent chance that's a touchdown and that makes it 14 to three going to half or at the very least 10 to three like that is a play I North Texas fans probably don't want to talk about at this point but if we're we're, t- we're talking about this game that was that was that was a play. That was a play that I feel like changed the trajectory of this game because if that's not called, UTEP is up at least seven going in half, and it's a different feeling. Well, and to be fair as well, from my vantage point in the press box, it looked like Burns sort of bobbled it, but like it never fully went to the ground until the UTEP players actually did get into him. So I guess the argument from the officials there is that he's still sort of in possession of the ball. And so then they feel like, you know, UTEP knocked it out of his hands rather than him completely fumbling it. I guess, you know, to play devil's advocate, to me, that's what the other side of it could be. But interesting. Uh, on, the, on, the, on television, it just looked like he straight dropped it. It looked like he just dropped it and they, they recovered it and they threw a flag. So that, that's what it looked like from my standpoint. Again, we can, uh, who knows what the referees saw and what it feels the right call or not. But that was a play that I feel like we had to at least touch on real quickly because oh, that yeah. was. That was just more crazy stuff happening in North Texas football games that go their way, don't go their way. Hey, they they deserve a little bit of good luck, I guess, at this point in the year. Yeah, man. I mean, (laughs) it feels like that just is what North Texas football is at this point, man. You're always going to have these crazy, ridiculous, you know, plays and just stretches in games and in seasons where you don't know what to what to feel about this team or, you know, who they really are. And I mean, Case in point tonight, it was just play after play, or I guess last night now, sorry, but it was just play after play where just confusing stuff. One of the other stretches I wanted to highlight on the offensive side, I know we've been pretty positive, but like early on, Austin Ani was really struggling, man. And even the numbers toward the end of the game, he ends up 45% passing, 15 of 33. And at one point early in the game, I got the stat down here, he was five for his first 16 passes. And at one point, he had six incompletions in a row. He started the game with four incompletions in a row. Like, it was a real struggle for him early on. And 
he even admitted that in the post game press conference where he was like, you know, he had a tough time sort of getting into a rhythm, but down the stretch, he finds a little bit of that rhythm. He hits Rod Burns in the end zone on what I'll give him credit for. It was a solid ball, got the touchdown there. And then obviously he makes the biggest pass of the night where we talked about it. I mean, he makes maybe the best pass of his entire season really to the Travion Brown, you know, to basically win the game there. So to me, it was just, it, it was, I don't know, refreshing, whatever word you want to use for it. It was nice to see him after such a tough start, be able to turn it around and still, you know, make a couple big passes that really, you know, help decide this game. It just, it just shows you what, uh, what happens if you just have a capable quarterback, I think. And yeah. again, Austin, um, it's just, it's just been such a rough year for him. And I, for a lot of college quarterbacks, like you go across the country, there's, I, I've talked to my dad about that. I've talked to a lot of people about this, like the college quarterbacks across the country are just not having good years. Like that's what it feels like. Right. Um, Cause you, you take away those, the five quarterbacks that were drafted in like the first round last year. And now it's like, they haven't really been replaced this, this year. Um, so you, you go across, across the board. I mean, again, I'm over here at LSU and then we, they don't have a starting quarterback right now either. So, um, like I said, it's making do with what you have. And Austin only showed in that second half, what it looks like if you have a starting quarterback that can make some throws on a, on a consistent basis. And that's on the same page as his receivers. And that can just make the one special play you need to win a close game. And that, that's, that's what it is. And that's why a quarterback is so important because yes, defensive line was great. I, I, in my opinion, defense line was the reason they won this game, but and the offensive line was great as well, but the quarterback making that throw at the end of the game is the re- is like was the deciding factor at the end of the day. Like that, that's what it came down to. So credit Austin Ani. He made I, I'll take it a step further. That was the best throw of his life. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he did at Argyle. I don't know what he did in the minor league baseball system, but I, I'd be hard pressed to find a throw better than that of any of a baseball or a football. Like that was more impactful, like just better, like more like his team needed it, man. You, you needed yeah. it. You can't go to overtime here with UTEP, in my opinion. You got to try to try to win it here. So credit Rod Burns, uh, credit to Travian Brown on the catch. Obviously, he's the one who made the the big the big play. Um, but I thought Rod Burns was getting open a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah, give give Austin on credit. I thought he played awful in the first half and it was awful to watch. But when he plays well, I'll, I'll give him his credit, too. And I thought he played well in the second half. Yeah. And the one part I forgot to mention, obviously I said he started five of 16 after that he was 10 of 17, the rest of the way, which is, I mean, that's what you need really. If he can put together four quarters of just that kind of percentage, like somewhere 55 to 60% range, North Texas is going to be, they're going to be having a chance to win a game. If he can do that and not, you know, have the silly turnovers and they don't have the silly penalties, they're going to have a chance to win against most teams. I don't know, you know, when they're playing UTSA, maybe not, but most teams that are at least on or close to North Texas level, they'll have a chance if Ani can have those kind of numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's at now 51.2% on the year completion percentage, which is really, really not good. Um, yeah. I'd be hard pressed to find a starting quarterback with over 200 attempts that has a lower percentage, but hey, like you said, if you can just get to 55%, man, it's just, moving the chains every now and then is just a big difference and giving yourself a shot is on offense is, is huge. So um, again, like, like I think this is still a running team, a run first team. 
uh, as you can tell from, they still ran the ball a lot and uh, they ran it effectively. Like you said, the offensive mm. line played well, um, nothing crazy, but you're getting three, four five yards a pop. And so it is a run first team still, but Austin only has to be able to make those throws, just the simple throws. I'm not even talking about the Jatravian Brown throw. I'm talking about just the simple first down throws, the throws that 80%, 90% of the quarterbacks in the country can make, starting quarterbacks, that is. So um, I do have a question for you, though. Who Who's your MVP of the game? Oh, man. Because I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going defensive line, but I don't know who I'm picking here. If I'm going off numbers, it's Deion Noville to me. Seven yeah. tackles, two and a half for loss one sack, uh, one pass breakup, which is just a batted pass, and then one forced fumble. Like that, yeah. for me, that's... But I thought the Murphy brothers were great, too. And we've always said, when the Murphy brothers don't shoot themselves in the foot, they can be the best players on this team. And look what happens. Yeah, I tell you what, I'll stay on the defense, too. But I'm going to go Tyreek Davis just for that pass breakup. Because like we said, I mean, that was, you know, the play for the season, yep. basically, right there in my mind. So, yep. I, I mean, I like the pick of Deion Noville, and I think it had to be somebody on the defense. So I'll take Tyreek on that because, I mean, he just was all over the field the way he normally is. I mean, four tackles doesn't jump off the stat sheet to you, but he's so crucial to what that defense does. And he showed it when he made that big play, you know, to keep their season alive, basically keep the bowl game hopes alive at least. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. What else? What else do we have? Do we have anything else here to touch on? Uh, I'll I'll touch on DeAndre Torrey a little bit because he hit, Nice little historic milestone in this one. He was the sixth player in North Texas history to break 3,000 career rushing yards. So shout out to DeAndre Torrey for that. He did come up three yards short, though, of breaking the 1,000-yard mark for the season. So fingers crossed we get to see that against FIU. But uh, I would assume as long as he plays in that game and nothing crazy happens, he's going to get that against FIU. So uh, just really a historic career and a lot of milestones coming, you know, late in the year for DeAndre Torrey. And I mean, he's just been an Ironman all year, man, playing through, you know, nicks and bangs here and there. We don't know a lot of specifics, but you can just tell he's not 100% out there, but he's still out there, you know, given everything he's got for this team and really being a crucial part of their success. So shout out to him. Yeah. I mean, if you look at how we played in the first game of the season, I mean, the first two games of the season, basically, and then you go since then, it's not the same player, but he's still just been extremely tough for the team. So yeah, credit to him. Um how much has your opinion of, of North Texas defense changed since let's say the Liberty over the last three games? Um, I would say this UTEP game is the one that's probably given me the most confidence in them. I didn't take a whole lot away from, you know, only allowing the one touchdown to Southern Miss and, you know, the craziness against Rice. But as you've said, we knew this defense is one of the most talented in Conference USA. It's about all the times they've shot themselves in the foot and all the times they've given up these big plays that have killed them. Like I said earlier, with the crazy amount of 25 plus yard touchdowns on the year. I mean, if you're able to cut that even in half, they probably have one or two more wins on the record. And we're talking about a very different story of this season. So they're turning it on when it needs to be turned on. I'm still not, you know, hundred percent confident, but it makes you feel a lot better against, as you said, at least a decent UTEP team to see them come through like this. So I feel better about the defense and really just the team's, I don't know, mindset, sort of their just ability to overcome adversity in general, because if you look at some of those games earlier in the season where obviously the Liberty game, they're up and then they give up the lead late and they're never able to get back here they give up the lead. It ends up being a tie game, but they're still able to find a way to get it done. So 
it makes me feel a good bit better about this team. I don't know how much it's going to matter in the two remaining games, but we're, we're finally seeing, I think, the team that we were supposed to be seeing all year. Yeah, I think that's well put. Um, and I still, I still maintain all my positions on Phil Bennett at this moment um, as far as just what he needs to get out of this defense and what they need to do well. But I, I always credited him with at least trying stuff, right? At least trying yeah. things. And it feels like he found something in the pressures that have worked the past few games against bad defenses. So um, credit there on offense for me. I still don't feel good about them. Um, like if they played any of those first six teams again, I wouldn't feel good about them. Like, putting up significantly better numbers at this point. Like if they played UAB, like instead of putting up six, they might put up like 14, but like, am I put? am I going to say that they're going to put up more than 14? No, like they, they, they haven't taken, they haven't taken leaps forward. I don't think Austin Ani being that court. I don't think them having a quarterback that is capable of doing that really allows them to take steps forward. Like I think the receivers maybe are playing a little bit better, getting some separation. The run game is cool, but the ceiling of this offense is just not high enough to where I'm looking at these games. Like, all right. Yeah. man, if only they played Louisiana tech again, they would. And Louisiana tech's been pretty bad since I think they're what two and seven at this point. Right. Something um, bad. Maybe yeah. not that bad, but they've been not great. Let's see. I have it. I have it over here somewhere, but um, the three and seven, I'm sorry, three and seven. So yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I just don't, I don't know what exactly to make of this offense because it's just, they can't, it's impossible for them to be good with a quarterback that completes 50% of his passes, to be honest. Like, so, um, I know we were talking about it before. I, I don't have anything else on this game specifically. Do you? Before we no, that's all. That's all I got ahead. on this one. Um, I was looking, I pulled up the, the college football one thirty from CBS. They had UTEP. They had UTEP at number 60. In the really? country, six seems pretty high. It is very high. Dropped them 14 spots for the loss to North Texas. So they're now at 74. But hey, North Texas beat a top 60 team in the country. So round <laughs> of applause for North Texas. Uh, if we look at the rest of the schedule, La Tech is at 112. Uh, Rice is at 115. Um, somehow Kansas is only at 122. I don't know. <laughs> wait, what's the date today? Yeah, it says it says it's been updated. Um, well, Kansas just beat Texas, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how they're not higher at this point. But anyways, uh, Southern Miss is 126, and FIU is at 128 out of 130. So Jeez. if they, I I hear people calling it a trap game. It's not a trap game. Just beat the brakes off of them. I know we saw UTSA struggle with Southern Miss. No, North Texas just. It's on the road. Just take care of business. You don't. And the thing is, I trust this defense to not give up more than 14 points. Like, I don't think there's a way in the world FIU puts up over 14 points. So just win somehow. Don't, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be amazing because nothing about this season has been amazing. If you're North Texas, I don't give a damn about style points. You're not at UTSA right now. Just win the game, get to five and six, and give yourself a chance at home against your biggest rival to make a bowl game. That's it. And then exactly. And then we can have some interesting talks on the offseason, win or lose at that point. Man, and wouldn't that be a fun game if you've got five and six North Texas hosting <laughs> UTSA? 
UTSA potentially 11 and 0 at that point if they're able to beat UAB. UAB. It's going to be interesting, man, because if UTSA beats UAB and comes in at 11 and 0, I mean, that's one of the biggest games in Apogee Stadium in a long time. And I don't, at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have been saying anything like that. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest game since the 28, 2018 season. I mean, 2019, the SMU game was on the road. I feel like there was a big game at home early in the 2019 season where they got smoked. Houston? Was it Houston, probably? Yeah, but that's, that was actually a pretty big game. Actually, people thought that was going to be a big game, but it ended up not being a big game. But you know what I mean? Uh, even if UTSA loses that game, though, like if they come in at 10 and 1, that puts mm. it, it could put even more pressure, not even more, but it put, still has a lot of pressure on UTSA to not just fold down the season, yeah. right? Because then it's like you lose the UAB, you better not lose the UNT. And then, you know, because then if you lose UNT, then you get bowl game, you lose the bowl game, you end up going 10 and three instead of 12 and one or, you know, something like that. Yeah, with three um, straight losses to end it. That would be pretty, uh, that'd be pretty bad. So, um, but no, I think the storyline, I'm hoping, actually, I don't know if I hope UTSA wins because I don't really care for UTSA, but, um, <laughs> you know, I 11 and 0 versus five and six storyline in North Texas. I always go back to this. In 2015, when North Texas did not win a game all season, the one team they beat was UTSA, and that just feels like we're setting up for something similar to that this year, except the inverse, obviously, right? UTSA is undefeated, goes to North Texas. I don't see – I did, before this week, I didn't see a path in which North Texas could be competitive with UTSA, um, but at North UTSA is just like any other team. College football looks ahead, overlooks a team. And barely beat Southern Miss, and Southern Miss did not have a quarterback play. They ran Wildcat all game, basically. Oh man, I couldn't. I turned it on to see if this was actually true in the fourth quarter, and it was true. They Jeez. had a defensive back playing quarterback. John, <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Conference USA I mean, is just crazy. I heard they had Frank Gore Jr. playing the Wildcat at one point, but really a defensive back. Yeah, I, Frank Gore got some snaps too. And the defensive back was in there. I think it was like number 20 something. I don't know what number exactly it was. It was just, I didn't watch the whole game. So forgive me. I watched the fourth quarter of this and I'm just like, how was it? How? And then obviously UTSA ended up winning in the fourth quarter. As I'm watching, I'm like, how was this even possible? Cause then McCormick gets the ball and McCormick is still bouncing around like a freaking ping pong ball. And I'm like, yeah. this dude's still good. What's, what is the problem here? So uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm still not optimistic about North Texas chance, but give me my lottery ticket now and let's see <laughs> if it cashes North Texas against UTSA. I just want something interesting to watch because that'll be a lot of fun. And you can't lose the FIU. You can't. You just can't. No. You can't. So that's, that, that's, that's all I have on that one. Um, as far as uh, Seth Luttrell talks go, I think this doesn't really change anything for me um obviously it's a big win and they needed he needed to win it like oh yeah the thing is after the first after going one and six we knew it's like you have no margin for error literally none i didn't think he even like deserved you know the benefit of the doubt to get through seven games because of how poorly they played through those games um but if if we are going to give him a chance the the benefit of the doubt is none and so to his credit, they've won three straight games, uh, three games that two games they were favored in UTEP. They were one point dog in. And now you go into FIU game again. Can't lose it. No benefit of the doubt. I don't want to hear anything. If they lose that game, no excuses. Um, and then UTSA, which I think 
going into the year, we were like, all right, they have to win one of those six games in that week two through seven stretch, right? We didn't yeah. even look at UTSA at the end. If they went, if they beat UTSA, it will kind of serve as one of those marquee wins, which we said they just needed this year because they have seven games where you're going to be underdogs for sure. And you can't lose all seven of them to me, to me, yeah. if, to, for where this program is and where this program wants to be under Seth Luttrell, you can't lose all seven of those games, especially with how bad like Louisiana tech looks right now, how inconsistent like UAB's playing, um, Missouri, even is, Marshall. Is, yeah. I mean, even, even Missouri, I mean, hell, I mean, like, uh, so, I mean, there's just the, you gotta, you gotta beat a good team at some point. And that's what it comes down to. And again, UTEP's not a bad, bad team, but I, I, you gotta be one of those seven good teams. No, I agree, man. And I mean, the one thing that I always come back to is, I mean, North Texas, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they spend the most money out of any conference USA team. Like they've got the biggest budget out of any of these guys in terms of what they spend on football. So like you said, you can't be losing every game as an underdog. At some point, you have to take that next step. And I agree with you. If they're able to find a way and beat UTSA, not only does that obviously save Latrell's job, which we can get into whether he's you know done at the end of the season if he doesn't win that game or not. I mean, who knows at this point? I think there's yeah. enough excuses you can make that probably not, but who really knows? To me, I agree with you. They just need to get that marquee win because – I mean, since, I guess, what, Arkansas in 2018, they haven't really beaten – I don't remember what the stat was, but, like, when they've been underdogs against the spread, they've only beaten, like, two teams since then. It was middle last year and this year against Rice. Yeah, I think there were, like, one-point dogs to Rice or something. Rice, is that what it was? It was something like that, yeah. So, I think those are the only ones. I mean, yeah, I've hit it. we've hit on a lot how they don't really – play up to their competition to a degree at all. And so it'll be interesting to see you can't. And also you can't get rolled by UTSA. If you do lose, you can't lose like you did last year, man. The last yeah. year's loss is just was embarrassing. So we could be having interesting conversations if they lose like that this year, or if they lose to FIU. So it is, I, he is not out of the woods for me. Um, beating three straight bad teams. Like we look at it, them and they're four and six, but their wins have become against, an FCS school, the 126th ranked team in the country and the 128th ranked team in the country. That's three of their wins. So you got to get a marquee win at some point. So hundred percent, man. 100%. That's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, I guess there's one other thing I wanted to highlight because to me that UTSA game, you really like, if you get down early, there's just not a way for this team to come back. And the stat that they've had all year is they've only scored 20 points uh, combined in first quarters the entire season. So that defense is going to have to come out and actually be like on point to start this game. If they don't want to get behind early and just be buried from the jump because the offense hasn't scored. They've only scored, I think two first quarter touchdowns all season and then two field goals. So, I mean, isn't, isn't the stat, uh, that, that I texted you about or something about they haven't thrown a first quarter, uh, first half passing touchdown all year. Isn't that I the think, stat? Yeah, too? I think so. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Interesting to see how, how Ani plays there because he still has some work to do. I'm I'm not sold on this at all, but just beat FIU. That's all I got to say. Yep. Beat FIU. That, that might be the title of the podcast, man. <laughs> that are lemons. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you At can. any rate, I think that's everything we had for this one. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. 
Follow us on Twitter at Mean Green 247. Follow Matthew at Matthew Bernie underscore. Follow me at John Field Zero. And we'll catch you guys next time.